Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, and welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'm going to give you some advice and maybe some pointers, I guess to say, on what to do with the profit from your business, how to reinvest it in your business, of course, and then what to do as far as the extra money that you're making every year in your business. And hopefully you'll get to this point or you're at this point right now in your pool service business. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. I think one of the goals of having your own business, of course, is to be extremely profitable and to have extra money to invest I think if you don't have this mindset and you're running your business as if you're working for somebody or if you're an employee somewhere, you're really not going to move the needle, so to speak, in your financial future. So one reason why you have a pool service route or a business of some kind in the industry is that you want to have extra money left over, which we call profit, to invest In other areas, you can either invest the profit back into your business to grow it bigger, which in some cases is very logical and wise because then you're going to have even more profits down the road. And I would say the most successful example of reinvesting in your business was Amazon. Jeff Bezos, for the first 10 years, didn't make any money, and he basically just reinvested everything into Amazon to make it what it is today. And then one day he just flipped a switch and started making a profit once he stopped reinvesting. In fact, last year, I think he reinvested um, $2 billion just in like infrastructure for the employees on on the warehouse floor for the COVID regulations and things like that. So reinvesting in your business is smart because it makes you much more productive and will definitely increase profits. So reinvesting may look like getting more accounts, hiring an employee or multiple employees, um, maybe switching over to doing some construction end of, of the business. Anything that's going to grow your business and make it more profitable would be how you would take the money you make that year. So let's say that after all your expenses, after you paid everything, you have an extra 50000 uh, Maybe you can buy a small route with an employee already doing those pools and then grow your business from there. Or you can take that money and buy newer equipment to make your day faster and then kind of gradually build on your pool route. However you want to take that money and reinvest it into your business and make it bigger, you can do that. Or you can do an investment outside of your business and keep it small. You can be a single polar still and do your route or maybe have one employee and then with the extra profit invest in other places. Basically, there I think... In my opinion, there are two pretty safe investments. You have real estate, and then you have the stock market in the form of mutual funds, 
or ETFs, I don't think you would want to invest in something like Bitcoin unless you really know that market or individual stocks unless you really know what you're doing because to me that's more like playing the market instead of using the market to make slow gains over time. And when you invest in mutual funds or ETFs, you're basically putting your money somewhere where it's going to grow higher than the inflation rate. So having it in the bank as cash is probably the worst investment you can have because cash loses value in the bank because inflation goes up 3 or 4% a year. You can see this in your own area by the price of gas going up or the price of donuts or the price of anything going up. And if your money's cash in the bank, you're actually losing um, money because you're not allowing that money to be used to grow in an investment of some type. So I would say get with a local financial planner and they can tell you how to best invest your profits in the market. And mutual funds and ETFs have a good return of anywhere from 8 to 10% historically over the years. And your money's just going to grow because you're going to be adding more money to it. And over the years, it's going to you know, basically grow kind of like that old saying. I just had my neighbor try to do this to my son. Of course, they're older now, so they're pretty smart. But he said, you know, would you rather me pay you a million dollars or give you one dollar and double it every day for 30 days? Now, if you do the one dollar and double that dollar every day for 30 days, you're going to have five million three hundred sixty-eight hundred thousand and seven hundred nine dollars So, a lot more than a million dollars. And that's kind of how it works when you invest in real estate and in the stock market in the correct manner, not kind of gambling with stocks. Because if you had a net worth of, say, $3 million by the time you're in your 50s, by the time you're in your 60s, that should essentially double to about $6 million or more, depending on how you invest that money, if you're conservative or a little more aggressive. So it's kind of like that $1 a day doubling it kind of thing when you invest. Starting young, of course, is better. But if you're older, you can just kind of double up your investments to kind of speed it up and catch up what you missed out on. When I say starting young, I mean in your 20s would be the best time to start investing in the stock market or real estate. Now, real estate prices are a little bit inflated right now. Um, I like real estate. I have four rental properties. One of those rental properties has two houses on it. So technically five rental properties, but I think real estate is a great investment because the price of houses are always going to go up over time. It may dip down. It may, you know, have a little bubble and go down in value, but over time it's always going to go up in value. And if you ask anyone who bought a house in the 1950s or 60s, they paid like 40000 for it in California and like really expensive areas like Arcadia or Diamond Bar. And now that house is worth 800000 or a million dollars. And so even if you bought a house two years ago in California, you've probably got 30 or 40% equity out of that uh, real estate deal just by holding on to it for two or three years because the prices have gone crazy. Now you can buy real estate, you can buy something affordable, and you can actually rent that. You know, you're not really, you're not going to live there basically. So you want to look for an area where it's pretty good. It's not a you know, horrible area. I like going on the internet and doing a search of the city and the area, looking up the crime statistics, looking up the average income for that area before I pick an area to invest in. And my area that I'm investing in right now is Hesperia, California, because um, it's a little bit better than Victorville. If you know the area, you kind of know 
Victor Bill is bigger, Hesperia is smaller, and then the property tax is much lower. Um, if you're not in California, property tax is kind of important. We're, we're fixed here because we have a um, fixed property tax. It doesn't go up. Maybe there's some special assessments here and there. But the area I invest in, the property tax is at 1.2%, which means I can turn a pretty good profit on my rental properties without paying a lot of money in property tax. The next city over, I mentioned Victorville, is at 1.86% property tax, which is almost 1% higher or less than 1% higher, but significantly higher than one area. So that's a factor that you have to look at when you invest. So suggest going online and doing some research on real estate investing. How much money do you need down to buy a house? Typically, you'll need 20% down to buy an investment property. If you're buying a single-family home, that will work at 20%. If you're buying a multi-unit, three units, four units, you're going to need at least 25% down. And so if you're buying a house for $400,000, you are going to need $80,000 down payment to buy that house here in California. In most areas, I think 20% down is pretty standard, unless you get a VA loan and you can qualify for that as a non-owner-occupied which is more difficult, but I think 20% down is something you should shoot for. So if you can kind of put that profit into the bank, save it up for a down payment, I think that's the way to go. And then getting a, a loan on an investment property is not a bad idea if you can cover it with the rent. And it's also a tax write-off because you can write off all that interest and property tax and expenses. So it's going to really help you in the long run to own real estate for the tax write-off aspect of it. Because you can also depreciate that property every year as a tax write-off for 22 years or 24 years. And that's going to really help you. Get with a good CPA and he'll go over you know, how a Schedule C rental property can really help you with your taxes and maybe even move you down a couple of tax brackets. And if you are definitely interested in real estate, even if you're not going to buy in California, I have a really good mortgage broker that I can put you in contact with that can... You know, look at your tax returns and in about two hours he can tell you if you're going to qualify for a loan or not. So you need someone like this because if you're self-employed, it's much harder to qualify. You're going to need a self-employed specialist to get you that mortgage if you wanted to get a mortgage on the property because it's a lot more difficult. One thing they're going to ask you for and heads up when you're buying any kind of investment property are your IRS tax transcripts, not your tax returns that you send them because people can forge those. And this is one reason why I think you should be very honest when you pay your taxes. If you are thinking about buying real estate and you're going to get a mortgage on it because your taxes have to show your income. And so if you're paying employees under the table or if you're only reporting half of your income from your pool route, if you are going to buy real estate, chances are you're not going to qualify for a loan and you're going to have to pay pretty much cash for any property because you're not going to have any income showing that will qualify you. So it's kind of important to kind of pay your taxes. I know it's painful. I pay a huge amount of taxes every year. I don't like it, but that allows me to use my um, profits and my wealth to buy more investments. So I think it's one of those things where it's a catch-22 by reporting everything. Of course, you're going to deduct you know, your mileage and things you can deduct. But by reporting your income, it's going to make you a much better investor than if you were to, you know, go under the table with a lot of stuff and not report things because later it's going to hurt you when you invest in real estate. Other investments, you may not need to do that, but I just suggest being honest anyway because then you can sleep better at night knowing that if you do get audited, the IRS has nothing they can bring against you or come 
get get at you for. Um, definitely something to think about also as far as running your business the right way. But in the least, I think you should have some money going into a Roth IRA. I think a Roth IRA is better than a traditional IRA because with a Roth IRA, you don't get any tax benefits now, which means that if your taxable income is 80000 and you and your wife put the maximum into the Roth IRA, which is 12000 a year right now if you're under 50. So you can't deduct that 12000 from your 80000 because it's a Roth IRA. So your taxable income stays at 80000 instead of dropping down to 68000 if you did a traditional IRA. Because when you invest like that, you can actually hedge your taxes. And again, talk to a financial planner or your CPA about ways to kind of hedge your taxes if you need to. But with the Roth IRA, which I like about it, let's say that you build up 400000 in a Roth IRA over 30 years. That 400000 once you retire and draw on it, is tax-free, which means you don't pay tax on it. So if you see, let's say you want to buy a Toyota Tundra or a Toyota Tacoma, and you know it's 45000 probably by then it'll be like 60000 I don't know. Um, but let's say the sticker is like 50000 to keep it fair. You can take 50000 out of your Roth IRA, buy that Toyota Tacoma and not have to pay any taxes on income. Now, if you had a standard IRA and you drew out $50,000, you'd have to pay income taxes on that amount, which depending on your bracket would be anywhere from $6,500 to $8,000. And so it's better, I think, in most cases to do a Roth IRA while you can. And that way later you can draw that money out without having to pay income taxes on it. And that's kind of an important thing to think about when you invest. Bottom line is find someone who can advise you on investing. Get a mentor in your area, someone who has done investing. For me, I have a very good friend who advised me on real estate. He has had a lot of commercial properties and he has residential rental properties. And so I really picked his brain and I got some good ideas on what to invest in, what to do with my money. And you need to find someone like that in your area. And of course, a financial planner, a good one, will help you get the best plan for your money going forward. But if you're not investing for the future, you're really hurting yourself because the future is going to come sooner than later. And you need to have something set up so that you have some kind of passive income or some way of having an income when you're not generating an income out there in the field. Because one day you're not going to be able to do pool service anymore or run your pool business. And you're going to need some kind of income coming in to sustain you. And if you're just relying on Social Security, and by the way, that's another reason why you want to be particularly honest on your income because that you also contribute to Social Security as a self-employed person. You want to get those benefits, but you can't really rely on those as your only source of income. The days are pretty much gone where you can survive off of Social Security because things are really expensive and it's just not going to happen in the future. So you need some kind of income, passive income that you're developing with the profits from your business now. And I think you should get on it sooner than later. So if you're in your 20s and you're doing pool service and you're making pretty good money, I suggest finding a way to invest that money to maximize your passive income later when you retire. And as just an example, I've been investing in real estate for over 20 years now. And the plan, I think, as it sits right now, is that when I retire, the rental income is going to replace my entire income in the pool business that I'm doing now and all the other avenues of income. So I think if you plan it right and you set it up when you're younger or fairly young, I mean, if you're in your 30s, you can still definitely do this. Even in your 40s, 
if you set up a plan for the future, you can definitely set it up to the point where all the profits you're making now go into building passive income, either through returns on the market or real estate, so that you can be sustained by that passive income later when you can't work. And I think one of the biggest hindrances for building wealth is debt. So the more debt you have, the less income you have to invest in things to make a profit. And so the least amount of debt you can run your household with, you know, paying off your mortgage, paying off your cars, gives you much more income. So if you had, you know, 3000 a month going towards mortgage payments and car payments, and then you don't have that $3,000 a month going towards those anymore, you can put that $3,000 a month into the market or into saving for a down payment. And definitely in a short period of time, you can use that money to grow your investment. So debt is probably the biggest hindrance of your income. And I would suggest, you know, having as little debt as possible. I'm not a financial advisor. I've done these things in my own finances and I can tell you they work effectively. So I think if you, you know, get with someone who can really help you and whether you agree with Dave Ramsey or like him or don't like him, if you go to RamseySolutions.com, they have um, financial advisors that they can refer you to that kind of follow his plan, maybe not to the letter, but they're definitely pretty safe and they're pretty above board on setting you up to where you're going to have a lot less debt and also, you know, have a way of, of really maximizing your profits and turning that into um, more dollars later on for passive income. I know this was a bit of a departure from my normal pool subjects, but I think it really fits because as a pool service um, company, you definitely need a plan for the future. And while you're working out there every day, the time goes by pretty quick. And I just suggest you kind of hit pause, maybe on a weekend, sit down with your wife and go over how you can maximize the profits in your business to grow your business, to make it more profitable. And they take those profits into other areas so that you're just not blowing the money on vacations, boats, toys, things like that, but really making the money work for you later. Um, this is really important, I think, for anyone in the business to get started on as soon as they can. For other podcasts, of course, on pool care, chemistry, things like that, you can go to my website, swimmingpoollearning.com. On the banner, there's a podcast icon. Click on that. That'll take you to all the other podcasts I've recorded. And of course, if you're in the industry and you want to enhance your business, or you just want to talk real estate with me, I'm definitely open to that. You can join my coaching program at poolguycoaching.com. Again, you can um, join the coaching program that I offer at poolguycoaching.com. And there's a lot of great benefits for joining there. Have a great rest of your week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.